Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon. For the next two hours, we will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. That's blog. TalkRadio.com slash PGAN. You can send messages to the show on Twitter, at GoForItGant. And while you're there on Twitter, at GoForItGant, make sure you give us a follow, at GoForItGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Great show lined up for you today. Expect to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. And we're going to get Willie's take on this week that was in the National Football League. Just get a player's take, an ex-player's take on what he sees and what he's hearing about Ray Rice, Roger Goodell, who's telling the truth, who's not telling the truth. Should be interesting to get Willie's take and former players' take. And I was prepared to talk about it or start off the show with Ray Rice and that news. But there's other big news in the NFL, and that is Adrian Peterson. And this is an interesting story. Adrian Peterson indicted indicted on reckless and negligent injury to a child. He will not play against the Patriots on Sunday. So Adrian Peterson indicted. Apparently, according to the police report, Adrian Peterson hit his four-year-old son with a quote-unquote switch. And anybody that, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but a switch is pretty much a branch or a small branch, a small skinny branch off a tree. Apparently, and looking at it, this, his son had a number of lacerations, the thigh, the bruise. He had bruises on his lower back and his buttocks and cuts on his hand. I mean, these are the things. I'm looking at the pictures now. doesn't look good. And initially... My thought, my thought, and then before I get to my thought, let me just give you Adrian Peterson's statement from his attorney, Rusty Harden. Quote, this indictment follows Adrian's full cooperation with authorities who have been looking into this matter. Adrian is a loving father who used his judgment as a parent to discipline his son. He used the same kind of discipline with, with his child that he experienced growing up in East Texas. Adrian has never hidden from what, he, what happened. He has cooperated fully with authorities and voluntarily testified before the grand jury for several hours. Adrian will address the charges with the same respect and responsiveness he has brought to this inquiry from the beginning. It is important to remember that Adrian never intended to harm his son and deeply regrets this unintentional injury. Those are the words of Rusty Hard, the attorney for Adrian Peterson. And these are basically Adrian Adrian Peterson's comments, his statement as of right now. I mean, on the surface, and here's the thing. You know, at first, 
four years old. And here's the thing. I mean, you know, growing up, I got spankings. Um, no problem with spankings. I got spankings. Not really a switch, per se. I got the belt. I got the belt. I remember the belt. I don't remember a switch, per se, but I remember the belt. And I remember the pain that the belt caused. But, I, I mean, you know, you may look at it as child abuse today, but I don't. It's, to, it's what you have to do sometimes to discipline your children. And I, didn't, I didn't have a problem with it. And here's the thing. I, a parent now, have a four-year-old, four-year-old girl. I would never, never, ever use a, a switch or belt or any kind to spank or discipline my four-year-old. I don't think a four-year-old should be hit with a switch or a belt, for that matter. I just don't think so. I don't think you, it, it should be done. And I, I just look at the damages. Here's the thing. As a man, especially a man of the size of Adrian Peterson, you have to be uh, very, very careful how you spank your child because of the size of, your, of you, the power that you have, the strength that you have. You have to be careful how you discipline your children. You have to be careful in, in terms of, of, of what you do to discipline your children if it's going to be of a physical nature. You have to be careful. And I look at this situation with Adrian Peterson, and, I mean, I, I just, we have to see how this whole thing plays out. I know uh, this went before a grand jury before. Uh, they did not indict him. They went through a grand jury again, and now they got the indictment. So we'll see what comes out about this story. And this is on the heels of Ray Rice, Roger Goodell. I mean, this has been a long week in, at Park Avenue. This has been a long week for the National Football League. And everything is all coming essentially off the field. It's all off the field. And we'll see if, if in fact, Adrian Peterson was being a loving father, a loving parent, we'll see if that's the case. But here's also, you have to think about. Sometimes, as a parent, when you want to give your child a spanking, you probably should go do your best to try to compose yourself, because anger is going to and may make you do something that ultimately you'll regret. So as a parent, sometimes you got to sometimes take that step back before you decide how you're going to discipline your child. Whether or not you're going to use a belt, a hand, a switch, you got to take a step back. And everybody tells you, if you're going to spank your kids, don't leave a mark. And Adrian Peterson, just based off these pictures, left a mark. We'll get back to that in a moment. But we're going to bring in a guy now, Hall of Famer, guy 
great NFL career. We're going to get his thoughts on – we've got to get his Super Bowl pick, of course. We've got to get his thoughts on what happened with Ray Rice and everything and, and how it's been handled with Roger Goodell and this whole situation. Let's bring him in now, Hall of Famer Willie Rove. Willie. How are you doing? What's, what's the latest on Adrian Peterson? Well, at this point, Adrian Peterson was indicted for, uh, let me get it right, for reckless and neglect and injury to a child. His child, his four, four-year-old child, um, he won't play this Sunday against the New England Patriots at this point. And apparently, according to reports, he spanked his four-year-old with a switch. And um, looking at these pictures, he left some marks. He left some marks. So he won't be playing this week against the New England Patriots. So this is – let me ask you this, Willie. I mean, the Adrian Peterson story, the Ray Rice story, is this one of the craziest weeks you've ever seen in NFL history? This is crazy, William, and I can and I can tell you that uh, 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 I got spanked as a child, and uh, uh, I, I got some marks put on me too. So I mean, uh, that uh, that uh, I mean, that's how you used to get spanked. I mean, you get spanked, you gonna have, you know, you get some marks. I mean, I mean that's you know that's some that's happens sometime when you get a spanking, but uh, I mean I don't know how hard he spanked the kid, but you know that's just. Uh, Sometimes that happens. Let me ask you this though. I mean, he's four. The, the, his son is four years old. I mean, he is young. I mean, you, he, yeah, he was, I was older than four. Yeah, that's a little young for for a switch. You you would agree with that? Yeah, it is a little young for a switch. I would agree with that. I would agree right. with that. But when you're about ten or nine, you know, when you know a little, you know, when you get a little older, but four years a little young. Yeah, I mean, you, like you said, nine, ten. That's fine. I mean, I, I I didn't get the switch per se, but I definitely got a belt. I mean, yeah, so it's I a kind of long. I didn't get switch. I got belts. You know, I'm, I'm like you. I did get the belt. Yeah, I, I mean, that's along those lines. I mean, I got the belt, and you know, I don't have a problem with the belt. I mean, it is what it is. But nowadays, you you, you do have to be careful in terms of leaving marks because you could get in trouble for that. But I mean, I, he's his son is four years old, so I I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. The story is fresh. It's new and we got to see how this thing plays out. Should be very, very interesting. But uh, it's just a crazy week in the National Football League, and and none more crazier than what happened with Ray Rice. Now we saw the initial video of him dragging her out of the elevator. Then we saw the video this week of him punching her twice, and also spitting on her. What were your thoughts when you saw the new video this past week of Ray Rice? Well, I will say this. Obviously, we knew something happened in the elevator. They caused her to, to 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 be out when she got out of there. So I, I thought he had hit the woman, which which I don't understand why people are surprised. He you know that he did hit her. Obviously, we didn't know what transpired between. The, the, was there a reason why he hit her? Did, you know, did she start the confrontation? And and the most alarming thing I would say about the whole situation is the whole spitting incident outside the elevator. You know, you, you know, you you spitting outside the elevator, then you. Uh, spit her in the elevator, and and, and then you uh, provoke her, and then and then he pumps her. So, um, you know, you know, it was just too much to lay it up to it, and, and I understand to his to his. Uh... Hello. And we lost Willie. Hopefully, we can get him back. <laughs> but we lost him as he was going to make his point. But I mean, it's it's. It's crazy. It's been a crazy week 
in the National Football League. I mean, rarely have you saw, I, I mean, if never, if ever, have you saw the things that have went on. I mean, you talk about, I mean, Adrian Peterson now, you're talking about one of the best running backs in football, one of the best players in the game. I mean, we're talking about one of the best players in football, in football. And now we got Willie back. Let's bring him back in. Hello? Yeah, what all did you hear me, Paul? What all did you hear me say? Uh, <laughs> I know you, 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 were, you were alluding to the spitting incident, how that troubled you a lot and troubled you kind of well, yeah, the yeah, most. You know, I understand that something that transpired and elevated, we didn't get to get back to my point. We didn't know what happened and, and if it's something, you know, had caused it. But, um, you know, I, I was just a little bit, uh, I mean, I mean, this is someone you care about. I, I can't understand, first of all, how you hit him, but, you know, obviously spitting on someone, that's about as, and you're married, Paul. I'm married. That's about as insulting as you get if you, you know, spit yeah. on someone. So, so I, I, you know, I didn't understand that. Obviously, everybody was so alarmed by the video. We knew something had happened. We knew he had hit the woman because the woman was out cold, you know, uh, when she when the when the elevator opened. So I don't right. understand why people were so surprised about that. I will say this: I think the NFL should have done more research and and uh, before they only gave him two games because. You know, you know. My point is, if you if you already gave the man two games, you can't watch the video and then change your mind and then indefinitely suspend him. You already had should have got the video, should have known everything before you gave him two games. They can say they didn't get the video or whatever. They should have waited till they saw the video if they didn't see the video and then give him, you know, suspend him or indefinitely indefinitely suspend him until they see what all was going on. You can't handle every case the same. You can't just, let's say somebody gets in an argument with their wife and the police is called, you know, because people get in arguments and, they were, and the wife or somebody called the police or a kid, but no, nobody's touched anybody. Then, then what are you going to do? Or if somebody just got in an argument and no, nobody was touched and now the police are called, that's a domestic, that will go down and take, somebody's got to go to jail. So my point is right. you can't handle every case the same. That somebody getting hit and a man hitting a woman is different than you getting in a verbal argument with somebody and nobody's touched somebody but the police are called. So you got to handle every case differently. If somebody's sure. getting in an argument, <clears throat> I don't believe it needs to be suspended for a game for arguing with someone. When 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 somebody's hit and stuff is uh, done in that sort of manner, then yes, I think the six-game suspension and then you're out for the year is appropriate. But you can't handle every case the same. And, and they should have done more due diligence before they uh, came down on Ray Rice. But I don't, I don't respect, I don't like the fact that you changing it and not everybody's all up in arms when you should have did your due diligence before you uh, came down and, and only gave two games. Right, exactly, and, and that's I, I totally agree with you with, with that. I mean, I felt like okay, it's one thing to give him the two game suspension initially, and supposedly at the time, I mean, you can read the police report that tells you that he punched her twice. I mean, the, the police report tells you that he hit her. So the, I, I don't really understand how, by reading the police report, by interviewing him, I mean, even if you so don't even look report, at him. So he didn't lie. Some people were saying, Paul, he lied and tried to say something happened. So he did say he hit, he hit her twice. He did, well, he, he the did police say the report says that he, in the police report. Police report says he hit, him, hit her. Also, according to some sources out there, they're saying that Ray Rice told him, Roger Goodell, 
the complete truth of what happened on the video and what happened during that particular situation. And here's the thing. If you're Ray Rice, at that point, how could you lie if you know there is a video in the elevator that shows everything? So, and so the thing is, when I look at this whole situation, I look at Roger Goodell and I look at this whole situation, I want to ask you this. Bottom line, NFL, bad investigators or bad liars? I mean, did Roger Goodell look at the video, in your opinion? Uh, if he didn't look at the video and if he talked to Ray Rice and if he – if Ray Rice told him what happened, and like, and if Ray Rice, like I said, if he knew there was a video, he was in the elevator at a casino. You got to know they got video. I mean, they For have sure. cameras everywhere in a casino. So I mean, they got to protect the employees. They got to protect the people, the patrons that are, that are walking around with money. I mean, you got to know they have video and cameras in a casino elevator. But my point to get to my point is, is you know, if Roger Goodell knew that what happened. It, I, I don't understand. Maybe he thought it was going to go away, or the video was never going to come out, and maybe he thought it was just going to be able to go go away. But with TMZ and all these companies like TMZ that pay offer hundreds of thousands of dollars of money, you had to know anything that happens in a situation like that eventually is going to come to the light. So For sure. I just think, excuse me, they were just trying to get past the incident and get on with the regular season. And another thing is, this happened in February. I mean, you know, all this could have been really handled and handled properly way before now. You know, you get to now and, you, and he just got suspended for two games rather recently. I mean, all this should have been handled. I mean, if you had put him out for half a year or something a long time ago and uh, had seen everything, then it would have looked a lot better than it coming to right now and everybody acting like they didn't know what the hell was on the video and everybody was so alarmed. Well, I mean, that, I mean, you got to be the first ones to, to nip that in the bud and really see it. You can't give a guy uh, four games or, or suspend him indefinitely and all this for for smoking marijuana if he hadn't gotten right. in trouble, gotten put up with a DUI when marijuana is legal in states, and then a guy gets two games for domestic violence. It doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, they got to change some of the penalties for guys smoking marijuana. As long as a guy is not getting in trouble. And if he wants to go home and smoke some marijuana, I don't think there's a problem with that. You know, you're a grown man. You can do what you want. Just do what you want behind closed doors. I'm not saying do anything illicit, but I'm saying in right, some definitely. states, marijuana is a legal drug. So, gosh, you better do it. And for sure. And, and here's also, I mean, the thing about this, and I think what hurt Ray Rice the most was the initial penalty of two games, especially when you compare it to what happened to Josh Gordon, who is probably going to miss the season. But there are reports that the NFL is coming out with a new drug policy, so there's a possibility it could get reduced. But anyway, when you see Josh Gordon's suspension, and then you look at Ray Rice's suspension, you see Wes Welker's suspension, you look at Ray Rice's suspension. And then every time you're saying, okay, okay, uh, Josh Gordon's smoking weed, uh, Wes Welker possibly for Papa Namali ecstasy, so on and so forth. So the, the, and, the and, point and is Orlando that Orlando Orlando Scan was for Papa Namali, Orlando, right. you know, and Scandrick for the uh, Cowboys. Uh, but Molly's uh, Molly's an illegal substance. So MDMA is, 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 is an illegal substance. That, that's that's a, I'm talking marijuana is a legal substance. And right now, I think which, to, to to go on your point about the uh, testing, I think they're trying to negotiate a different test for stuff like that. And for for the HGH testing, so to get the HGH testing, they're gonna have to be a little more lenient with the drug program. But I'm saying marijuana is a legal substance. 
A lot of people do it. I mean, it's, it's done in our in our culture a lot now. You get prescribed that for medical uh, situations, sure. for medical uh, 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 situations. So that's a little bit of a different subject. But MDA may and Molly is illegal substance. That's a little bit different. You don't get in trouble. You can get you can come on every night and drink all night if you want to. So that's that, not a penalty for that. Now, if you go out and get a DUI or you get a DWR or something like that, then yes, that's a different situation. But, let me, but what I'm saying is just for just for you doing it for recreational use, I don't think a guy should be suspended uh, for that anymore. But what's worse, uh, what you saw on Ray Rice's video, in the video of Ray Rice and him hitting his wife or popping a molly? What's worse? What Ray Rice did is way worse. Yeah, so the, the, that's that. I mean, I guess that's kind of the point I'm trying to make. But it's still an illegal substance. For sure, for sure. I can't discount that. It is illegal, for sure. And you can't be going around popping mollies. I get all that. But in, in the grand scheme of things, if we're comparing uh, Ray Rice and what he did in comparison to, um, you know, what we saw uh, with, with Welker and, and um, Orlando Skandrick, then obviously, yes, Ray Rice is much worse than that. Let me let me ask you this. Bottom line, point blank, do you believe Ray Rice plays again? Yes, I believe he plays again, not this year. I believe he plays football again. It's the National Football League. He will get another chance to play. I think that uh, what he's doing now, going to counseling and doing the stuff, and uh, people can say what happened when they got married and this and that. They are married. I think he's doing he, – he they have a child together. You know, they've been going to counseling. They've been going to church uh, a lot more. And uh, and I think Ray, uh, if he didn't learn a lesson, I think he's learning a valuable lesson now. I mean, I mean, you really look at it. Look at look, you know, look at what happened to to, to Michael Vick for dogs. I mean, right. he got ostracized, you know, worse than this for for those fighting those dogs. I mean, and that's not domestic violence. I'm not saying it, for sure. it was violence against dogs, but I'm just saying he had he went to prison. So I think Ray Rice is going to learn a valuable lesson, and he should. And he's got to grow up. And uh, I do think he he will get another chance to play football, but not this year. We're talking to Hall of Famer Ray, uh, uh, Willie Rowe, excuse me. And it's, I mean, it's, like we said, it's been a, a crazy, long, interesting week in the National Football League. You played in the NFL. You've been in NFL locker rooms. At the end of the day, here, here's the bottom line, point blank, and these are for all the people who say, well, I'm never going to watch football again. I'm never going to uh, watch Floyd Mayweather again. All these people who say there are no saints in NFL locker room, and, and bottom line, there are no saints in life, period. And I think I think a lot of times people, and I think I call it tough talking. A lot of people are tough talking and saying, "I'm never going to watch this. I'm never going to watch that." But the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I mean, do, do you think it, it's it's kind of hypocritical when you hear fans and people saying those type of things? Well, I tell you this: if they're not going to watch football, they better not go to sports bar on any Sunday or Thursday or whatever night because football is going to be on. On every TV and every sports bar, everywhere they go, uh, people are going to be watching pro football and college football. So, I mean, I mean, you, what are you going to do? Isolate yourself and just not turn on the TV. Another point to this, this all. I know situations with guys that happened in the early when I came in the league, and and uh, and it would be some violence, some issues. And uh, like I said, a lot of times, uh, no, the police weren't called, and 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 and, and things things would happen, and it would just swept under the rug. So. You know, it's a different day and time, and, and you, you got to understand, you got to control 
control your emotions and you can't, you know, you can't get upset. If, you know, if you're not going to be with the woman or you're upset with the woman and all these situations happen with uh, the receiver with, from Carolina, if you get a girl pregnant and, and you know, she's Ray dated different guys on the team or this and that, you can't harm a woman. You can't touch a woman. You For can sure. only do what you got to do, take care of your responsibilities as a man, and, and if you're not going to be with her, just leave. This is, and, and really and truly, all these rules should have changed. I know the, the people got killed, but this really should have been loud and clear. Like the, like the other year when the kid in Kansas City killed, the, killed that girl with, with their little mm-hmm. baby and his mom at that house and killed himself. I mean, yeah, it was a murder, but that was domestic violence to the 10th degree that he killed the woman. So, right. this, I mean, this should have been addressed a long time ago. Hopefully guys will get get the message. If you're not going to be happy with somebody or, or or if you have that tendency, you need to just be away from that person and, and, and then, you know, go and live your life. Do not, if you got to touch the woman, you don't need to be near and you don't need to be with her. Or you just need to be alone. Or you need I mean, to be alone. Just, either either yeah. way. Yeah, for sure. But I know, I know incidents that happened back when I was in the league and the police would come and would nothing happen. And the guys were just going to practice and whatever because they were protecting the image of the team and the city and everything else like that. And, the, and like I said, it's a new, new day and time, and 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 and, it's, and it should be a new day and time. Um, nothing, a man should not be putting his hands on any woman in any particular situation. Now, if a woman comes after a man, like what happened with Jay Z in the elevator, a man he can push her mm-hmm. off and get her off of him. I'm not saying hit her, but you know, get, get if you're by yourself in the elevator and somebody starts hitting you. You have the right to defend yourself. I'm not saying that. If somebody attacks you, you can defend yourself. As far as what I'm saying, defend, I mean, get get her off of you if you can. Now, if there's a lady with good hands, and then you're just in trouble because, you know, some of these women take kickboxing and whatever and know how to fight. But I'm just saying you have the right to defend yourself, Paul. I'm not saying if you're in a situation, right. you can't defend yourself as far as getting somebody sure. off of you, but do not be perfectly trying to hurt 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 the lady and knock a woman out. You can't do that. You can't and, and I think, and, and I think people around the world should watch the video of Jay Z and look at how he conducted himself in that particular situation and take some pointers from it. I mean, it, it, I mean, he was getting kicked and pushed and, and 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 everything, and he kept his composure. I mean, and and that takes a man, that takes a being a man to do what Jay Z did in that particular video. Before we get you out of here, Willie, we got to get your Super Bowl prediction. Uh, I really didn't have time to think about it. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are saying Seattle again and uh, Denver. I'm going to go with Denver's going to be real tough in AFC again, especially if they get home field. Um, you know what? I think my Saints are going to start picking it up. they got okay. a lot of talent. They run the ball well. Um. Mm. I'll, and, and you know who else looks? You know, you got to give me a few weeks. But the Texans look good. <laughs> um, you can't say the Texans. Ryan Fitzpatrick, their quarterback. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're right. But uh, who, uh, who is this? Uh, it's in the NFC. I, I, I need a little more time. I, I, I'll say. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm gonna go with the Saints and the. Uh, and the Broncos. All right. Your Saints get it done? If you, if you know what? The, the defense has to play a whole, whole lot better than they did week one. 
And Drew Brees has got to stop throwing picks in the red zone. I mean, Drew Brees plays great a lot of times, but, you know, he's going to give you one in the game that, that, that he doesn't need to give you sometime, and, and that will really hurt him against the Falcons. For sure. But the and, Falcons, and I will tell you this, Brian Cox and uh, Mike Tice, and those, those Falcons played a whole lot tougher, and uh, especially losing the tackle and losing Jake Matthews in the first half of that game. They really surprised me, the effort they played with, but they did play a lot tougher and a lot harder than I thought they would play. And, uh, and uh, I'm, Seattle's going to be tough, man. I, you know, it's, it's going to be a – it's going to be interesting because I think you're going to have some teams that come out of the woodworks, but uh, it's going to be a fun year. You know, I'm looking forward to watching the Saints. I think that kid, Teron Austin, anytime you run the ball in and Mark Ingram on the open set, week one by the goal line, and don't even line up the tight end, and, and you just run it in for four or five yards out, that's showing a lot of confidence in your offensive line. And, um, you know, I think they're going, to, they're, going to be, they're going to play well. they got a lot of weapons. And um, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh you know, I mean, it's a new day and age, and these, and these, and these football players and these professional athletes in general have to understand it's the stuff that you used to be able to do and, uh, uh, you know, and some of the things that you, you might have thought you could do, you above the law, you can't do it anymore. You you, you know, so you got to, uh, you know, I mean, first of all, people need to need to go to church more and, 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 and and get get close with God, and I think they'll understand things a lot better once they do that in that perspective. For sure, and I think that's a great, great perspective. Uh, as we close, and you know, I mean, it, it should be interesting to see what happens moving forward, with Ray Rice, and see what happens moving forward with this whole story. I know you're happy. You when you were playing that, you avoided social media. I know, I know you're happy that they didn't have Facebook and Twitter when you were playing. Well, I'm glad they didn't have Facebook and Twitter, but uh, you know, I, I mean, and, and I and I. I went through my share of learning in, 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 when I played when I was playing and, and growing up and went through some situations. But I tell you this, I never put my hands on a woman either. So for sure, I mean, I just wasn't gonna do that. And uh, uh, that's just something that, you know, you know, you raise. Don't don't put your hands on a woman. And uh, that's just something I did. I did. Uh, you know, I've, I've never done. And, and uh, you know, you don't condone it. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, hopefully he learned a valuable lesson from that. And for sure, and and, and at the end of the day. Everybody, if you look at the book of everybody's life, you'll see a lot of dirt. You'll, you'll see a lot of bad things that people have done. The only difference between this situation is now Ray Rice not only has a book, but he has a DVD, and unfortunately, everybody's getting to see it, and, and unfortunately, people are making judgment on this whole situation. Willie, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Look forward to doing it again. All right, thank you. Take care. Willie Rofe. Hall of Famer, and, 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 and that's my point. Let me go back to that point. Everybody has a book. Everybody is, if everybody's life was a book, the book of Paul, the, the book of Ray, the book of Adrian Peterson, the book of Greg Hardy, the book of, of, of everybody, the book of Paul Gain, the book of Willie Rowe, you'll go through that book. You'll see some of the good things the person did, you'll see some of the bad things the person did. Unfortunately, for guys like Greg Hardy, unfortunately, for guys like a Josh Brent, unfortunately, for guys like a Adrian Peterson, the mistakes that they made now are blasted and, and sent all around the world on Twitter, sent all around the world on Facebook, sent all around the world 
on ESPN. So everybody sees it. Everybody looks at it. And in the case of Ray Rice, the book of Paul Gant, there is no DVD. The book of Ray Rice, you only have, not only do you have the book, not only do you get to read what he did, the book of Ray Rice's life, but unfortunately for Ray Rice, you get to uh, uh, see a, a chapter on video. You get to see a chapter on video of the things Ray Rice did to his wife. Fiance at the time, but his wife. You can't, it's, it's, when you see the video, you would think, okay, two games, should be, it, it should be more than two games. But you look at before this situation, we look at the last few guys who were suspended for domestic violence issues, Fabian Washington, Carrie Williams, both a combined suspension of three games, Brandon Marshall, one game. The Ray Rice initial suspension falls in line with what has happened in the past. It falls in line with what has happened in the past in terms of punishment for domestic violence. The thing about it is, the thing about it is, Kerry Williams, you didn't see that on video. Fabian Washington, you didn't see that on video. Brandon Marshall and his incidents. You didn't see that on video. Even Dante Stallworth, when, uh, you know, vehicular hunt, what he did. Driving drunk, ultimately killed someone. Josh Brent, driving drunk, ultimately killed someone. You did not see it on the video. You didn't see exactly what transpired. You didn't see the viciousness. And I'm not saying Brent or Dante Stallworth were vicious in terms of what they did, but at the end of the day, their negligence caused someone to die. But you saw it. You saw it with Ray Rice. You saw the two punch, the, the, the punches. You saw the lifeless body of Janae Rice being kicked out of the elevator being pushed out of the elevator, you would have thought that that was some homeless man that Ray Rice had punched. You would have thought that it was some stranger or some enemy that Ray Rice had pit and that Ray Rice was kicking and moving out of the way. You would have thought that. Never would you have thought that that was his fiance, the love of his life, ultimately his wife. No one would have thought that. The bottom line is this. You do lose respect for Ray Rice after watching that video. You do lose a little respect for Ray Rice after watching that video. I mean, it's one thing to punch and, 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 and to... Knock out your wife. It's another thing to, to, after you knock her out, just move her around like she's a piece of meat, a piece of trash, just so callous and so cold. 
But I'm not here to judge Ray Rice. I can only judge what I saw in that particular video, but his life as a whole, I'm not here to judge Ray Rice. And all you who are out here, all you who are out here who, who are judging Ray Rice, who are judging this man, and, and all you out here who are judging these professional athletes in general, Greg Hardy, Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, all you guys who say, I'm not watching anymore. I'm not watching pro football anymore. I'm done. I'm not watching the Ravens until they cut Ray Rice. I'm not watching the Panthers until they sit down Greg Hardy. I'm not watching. All you who, who say that, look at yourself. Read your own book of your life and see how clean your book is. Examine your book of your life and see how clean your book is. It doesn't excuse the behavior of of Ray Rice. It doesn't. But it also says this. Be careful. And I want to be clear about this. Be careful who you judge because the same way you judge others is the same way others will judge you. Be mindful of that. Be mindful of that. You're a hero one day in the eye of the public, and then the next day, the next day, you're a pariah. You're hated. No one wants to be around you. No one wants to deal with you. And, and, and that's, that's something. And I look at now, moving forward with Roger Goodell, and I, and I, I think and speaking of Adrian Peterson, Warren has been issued for his arrest. And again, he will not play. Going back to Adrian Peterson, Warren issued for his for his um, arrest. And again, he will not play Sunday. Will not. Will not again play Sunday against the New England Patriots. So, I mean, this is a. It, this is an interesting story. An already crazy week in the National Football League. You know, you have the Ray Rice, Roger Goodell, whole, that whole situation, and then you're hit. You're hit with this Adrian Peterson story, and, and seemingly came out of nowhere. Seemingly came out of nowhere. And now we're, we're hit with this story, and we're talking about this story. And, you know, again, and going back to that story, again, growing up, being hit, with a quote-unquote switch, is, is nothing that is new to many people, especially a lot of people down south. And again, I've never been hit with a switch, but I've been hit by a belt. I've been hit by a belt. And, you know, and I know a lot of people that have been hit by belts. But I know in today's age, in today's age, and today, you do that, if you hit with a belt and you leave marks, 
you may have issues. You may have legal issues. And the reality is, I'm, and again, I'm not, I would never use a belt, never use a belt to hit a four-year-old. I would never use a switch to hit a four-year-old. I mean, that's just unthinkable in some respect. Not unthinkable, but it, it, it's just not something you do. It's just not something you do. And so, I mean, it's, it's a crazy story. But, again, at the end of the day, as we said, Adrian Peterson is indicted, was indicted, worn out for his arrest, will not play Sunday. And, and an already crazy week. I mean, you're talking about Adrian Peterson, one of the best, not only one of the best running backs in your game, but the, one of the best players, period, in the National Football League, one of the best players in the National Football League, and now this guy has been, and now he's not playing, and now he, he, he's getting arrested, he's indicted, got the indictment on him, and, you know, just looking at these pictures, the pictures are, are, are telling. The, you're seeing welts, you're seeing scratches, you're seeing a belt doing damage. You're seeing a belt, not a belt, excuse me, a switch doing damage. And it's not like he's a 10-year-old, 9-year-old. We're talking about a 4-year-old. So obviously the, the skin texture is different between a 4-year-old and a 10-year-old or 11-year-old. The 4-year-old. And you're hitting a 4-year-old with a switch, and again, we'll see what happens Moving forward with this whole story, but it, it just, wow, it's amazing. You're listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but I just don't see mean. anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw uh, you. you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. <laughs> we see what you can do. We've seen it. <laughs> I would never bring my wife around you. I yeah, just don't know what you're capable of. Come on, Come on, now. Come on, now. That's early. <laughs> That's not Rocky. <laughs> That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're Thanks. very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> so- and we're back, and we're continuing to talk. Ray Rice, continuing to talk. Agent Peterson, let's bring it a call. we got Naj from Atlanta. You're on Go For It. Yeah, man, uh, thanks for letting me on, man. Uh, this is going to be an interesting situation with Adrian Peterson. Uh, as you said, the kid was hit with a switch. Uh, that's something that's kind of traditional in a lot of homes in America. So a lot of people aren't going to be as up in arms uh, about this as others are. Uh, me, myself, I don't believe in uh, hitting kids, even though I mm-hmm. went through that as a kid. So I just see it as, you know, kind of part of life. But... I just, I don't know. I, I'm not a person who feels like we should be doing that. But here's another issue with this. Uh, when you have relationships that don't work out, uh, there are moments where some Good people uh, attempt to try to find revenge. So they say, oh, 
Well, I see some marks. Oh, I'm, I'm going to take him to a doctor. I'm going to make sure he gets in trouble for this. And uh, just to give you a perspective on sometimes how thinking that you're doing uh, the best can go bad, uh, I was working at a school, and one of the teachers uh, called uh, the Department of Family Services on a child's uh, parents because the kid had been coming to school with his clothes, uh, you know, uh, I guess you could say soiled to the point okay. of uh, just smelling. And what we found out was a couple months later, uh, their water had been turned off that month. And they got it turned back on, but, I mean, it was too late because everything was already in the process. And that woman almost lost her child because the teacher thought this kid was being abused. So it's like, if you don't have the full story, there's no telling where things can go, man. So I'm I'm shocked at this Adrian Peterson thing. And here's the thing. I mean, you know, obviously you, you don't agree with spankings. And we, like you said, you were spanked. I was spanked growing up. But I, my only, here's my biggest thing. Okay, if you're going to use a switch, right, and we're just at this point, it's a switch. If you're going to use a switch, would you use a switch on a four-year-old? I mean, that, yeah. that, that, that's yeah, the thing. That, see, and that's the odd part, too, because a switch was like, that was like the, the, the chair. That was like you did something really, really, really bad, and they went to the switch. And I, I definitely can't remember it being uh, as early as, you know, as that. I remember it being much later when uh, I right. got the switch treatment for something that I did. Right. And to your point, Adrian Peterson has a bunch of kids. He's got a mm-hmm. bunch of kids and a bunch of different baby mamas. So the reality is, to your point, if a woman wanted to be vindictive on some level – and, you know, the child does come back, and let's just say the relationship is not too good between that, uh, that particular uh, mother and Adrian Peterson. Well, any little thing, and I'm not saying this is little, but any little thing that pops up, she's going to be willing to make something big out of it. She's going to make a spectacle about it. Right, right. And, and that's the toughest part about, you know, when you have these children and things don't work out because – you, you never know where it's going to go emotionally. You never know. Uh, he sure. could be doing petty payback things to her, and she might be doing this for petty payback. Or she could just be a really concerned parent and feel like he's not qualified to watch the child anymore because of this. So it, it's hard to tell. Let me get your Ray Rice point. Oh, the Ray Rice point is beautiful, man. That that stuff, this is some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen when you look at it from a certain uh, certain, I guess you could say, direction. What Ray Rice did was horrible, and, of course, he deserved some disciplinary action. But the the fans in, in the NFL gave Roger Goodell this, this power that he he's not really qualified to use. That's for the court system. That's not for Roger Goodell. But the players gave all this uproar over the last – well, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. But it was, it was caused by the uproar from the fans, though, the players and everybody else reacting right. to it. It was all based on fans saying – uh, the, the players were outlaws and the league was getting out of control. For sure. For sure. So the Sheriff Roger Goodell shows up and he starts handing out sentences like crazy early on. Now he gets to the point to where it's it's becoming, you know, a farce. So he tries to temper it a bit and gives this guy two games. And, you know, it, it looks like the worst decision ever because it makes no sense. And then after that, he starts lying about it and, it, <laughs> and they end up having to double down and get rid of Ray Rice indefinitely. But all of this is based off Roger Goodell not saying day one, okay, six games and a fine or something like that. He should have just come down heavy from the beginning. But here's the thing with that. Here's the thing with that. You look at past practices in terms of guys getting suspended for domestic disputes. I mean, 
The last couple guys, last few guys, three guys, last three guys suspended. You have Fabian Washington. You had Kerry Williams. Those guys got to combine three games. And then you had the situation with Brandon Marshall. He had a bunch of different incidents. But ultimately, he only got one game. So if you look at past precedents, you look at precedents, you would say, okay, in the past, guys have only gotten this amount and that amount. But guys haven't really gotten six games or eight games for domestic violence. So my thing at the end of the day, to me, this comes down to you saw the video, there was outrage, and you said, look, we have to do something. And they did something, and they overreacted in some respect because I don't think Ray Rice should be suspended indefinitely because I, I think, you know, at the end he got suspended. You gave him his punishment already. It's one thing for the league to suspend him. It's another for the Ravens to release him and terminate his contract. They can do that if they want. But the NFL now to come in and say now we're going to suspend you indefinitely because of this quote-unquote new video, which, which has been out for a long, long period of time. So it, it, it's, it's just a crazy story. And I don't believe Roger Goodell. I don't believe the NFL. They had to have seen that video. And at, at the end of the day, you're either bad investigators or bad liars. So, I mean – let, let's Ooh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a mix of both, but here's the point where the precedent kind of kind of is a little different with this. Those cases you talked about were cases we just had to read the police report and read what sure. people said. With Ray Rice, you had this visual. Even before we saw the punch, we saw him dragging her like a dead body. Right. So I mean, you had that there, and that was damning. And I knew women's organizations would get involved and really and really push this. So. For, for Goodell to fail so miserably, and then for them to act like, oh, well, you know, that's a private matter. We can't get footage of private matters. You mean the same NFL offices who employ former FBI guys who can get a list of <laughs> every girlfriend a guy slept with before the combine? You're trying to tell me they couldn't get a piece of this tape? So it, it, it's all nonsense, man. And, and I, think, I think Goodell should resign because I, I think he's lost credibility. This is a job that has a lot of power. But it also can be uh, – you can put somebody else in that chair really easily. For it's sure. not based off Goodell being so so brilliant. You know what I mean? Right. And it's a, at this point, the NFL is a healthy machine. And I think you could put me, you, or anybody else – maybe not me or you or anybody else, but you could put anybody in that particular seat, and I think the league would run just fine. I mean, the NFL is the most healthiest sport in the United States. I mean, so anybody can just jump in that chair – it really would be just fine. Naj, man, I appreciate the call. No, thanks for letting me on, man. Good show. All right. That's Naj out of Atlanta giving his take on his thoughts on Adrian Peterson and Ray Rice. And, and he brought up a point that I didn't necessarily think about. But in terms of Adrian Peterson, and in, in terms of, you know, relationships with your ex, or your, your baby mamas, your baby daddy, so on and so forth. In terms of those type of relationships, a lot of times you have issues in those relationships where they're not getting along, where the, the baby, the, where the father and the mother aren't getting along. They're not together and they're not getting along. And any little thing that happens, any little thing that transpires, they're going to blow it up. They're going to blow it up. It happens. But... And it could be a possibility here. I mean, maybe it's a situation. Let's just say Adrian Peterson and one of his other baby mothers have, have a good relationship. Let's just say they have a real good relationship, right? 
Let's just go with that premise that they have a good, real good relationship. Well, she might see these things. Adrian might explain to her, well, look, here's what happened. He did such and such, such and such, and I decided that I was going to discipline him with a switch. That was my decision to discipline him with a switch. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to hurt him, but in the process, I did hurt him. I apologize. So maybe if he would have said that to one of his other, with one of his other uh, uh, baby moms, maybe if he said that to her and they had a good relationship, well, maybe there's a possibility that they move forward with this and, and she doesn't pursue it and she doesn't make a big deal out of it. Maybe. I mean, it, it is a possibility. And, and, and all these things will come out in terms of his relationship with his, uh, his, his relationship with his, uh, with this particular, with his son's baby, uh, with his son's mom, excuse me. Maybe that'll come out at some point. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But here's also a thing. And, and, and here's why, and, and, and I'm about to get a little moral on you. Uh, and here's the thing. This is why it's important not to be slanging around and, 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 and having sex with this one, that one, him, her, I mean, her, 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 this city, that city. You know, this, this is why it's important to be careful where you plant seeds. This is why it's care- you've got to be careful where you plant seeds. Adrian Peterson is planting seeds in, in women that maybe he shouldn't be. I'm not saying that's the case here. But what I'm saying is if you're planting your seed all around and have all these different kids by all these different women, you're not really doing what you're supposed to be you're You're putting yourself in a, in a bad position. First of all, you may not be able to have a relationship with the kids that you want. You know, you, you might not have the impact on the kids that you want because you're not able to spend time with them. So, I mean, you've got to be careful where you plant your seeds. Let's take another caller. You're on go for it. Hey, good evening. Uh, it's just crazy. What is going on with the uh, NFL running backs this year? You got uh, you got Ray you got Ray Rice who's hitting his uh, fiance. You got Adrian Peterson news coming out today. Lashawn McCoy doesn't know how to tip a waiter, and uh, Matt Forte For sure. was caught eating shit out of Jay Cutler's asshole. So what the hell is going on? And he's making some good points until that. But uh, you look at the whole situation, and obviously, you know, it, it's just. He brought LaShawn McCoy in the tip, the, the whole 20-cent tip thing, and we'll get to that as we go through the course of this show. I mean, it's just a crazy story. But, you know, you, you just you got to be careful where you plant your seeds. And, and you can't just plant your seeds into anything, to any woman, to anybody. Because the reality of the situation is you plant seeds in the wrong person, you have a baby with the wrong person, for the next 18 years, they can make your life absolutely, positively miserable. They can make it as hard as I don't know what for you to see your children. They, they can make it very hard for you. They can make your life miserable, a living hell. And so you've got to be careful where you plant your seeds. Because at the end of the day, if you have babies, all around the country, babies in this city, that city, you know, it becomes difficult for you to be a father. It becomes difficult for you to, I mean, just look at the child support situation. Look at the child support situation. I mean, at some point, you've got to pay child support for these kids. 
So you're paying child support for all these different kids. All this money coming out of your pocket. All this money coming out of your pocket. And a lot of money coming out of your pocket each and every month. Well, you can handle it when you're playing. You can handle it when you're making that NFL money. But what's going to happen when the NFL money stops? What's going to happen when when the type of money you were making before is just not there? Then you start running into financial issues, financial problems. So Adrian Peterson, you know, and, and Adrian Peterson has a pretty good reputation in this league. I mean, people think fairly highly of of Adrian Peterson, but at the end of the day, Adrian Peterson, you know, He's got to do better. He's got to do better. He's got to do better. And also at the end of the day, it should be interesting to see how this story plays out. Because I I tell you this, I mean, I just look at it on the surface. On the surface, as we talked about with the previous caller, on the surface, four-year-old child hitting a four-year-old child with a switch. I mean, just, just think about it. Just think about it, a four-year-old child with a switch. To me, that, in my opinion, in my opinion, a four-year-old with a switch, it's just unacceptable. And, you know, everybody parents differently. Everybody has different ideas, different opinions, and different beliefs on how they should parent their children. But I would think in terms of just common sense, common sense, if, if you're going to hit a four-year-old, it would be a little small smack on the hand. It's not going to be, you know, a switch type of situation. It's not going to be anything like that. And you can look at it in the past. I mean, I've known people who've gotten spankings where, you know, they have to pull their pants down. I don't know if that happened in this particular situation. But, you know, no, that's, an old, that's the old school. You know, you pull the pants down, and and you take the switch or you take the belt. I mean, I've heard many stories of that. So the point is, you know, what Adrian Peterson did is old school, and and, and maybe, I mean, maybe there was some love in it. Maybe he was just doing what he felt was best, but I would think common sense would tell you that if you hit a four-year-old with a switch, well, there is a, probably a pretty good possibility that you'll leave marks. Pretty good possibility that you'll that you'll leave uh, uh, welts and cuts. There's a pretty good chance that, that that's going to happen. So, just logically speaking, common sense wise, why would anybody? As a parent, and, and this is just on the surface because we don't know what's, what's, what else is out there. But on the surface, why would anybody, why would anybody smack or hit a four-year-old with a switch? Why would anybody do it? Why would anybody do it? Just something to think about moving forward. But this story is going to be so interesting and it's just see how this thing whole, the whole thing plays out. Second hour, go for it. Starts right now. 
Faison, welcome to Go For It. Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything when the playoffs come. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around to. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's that Robbie. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> and we're back. Second hour of Go For It started right now. And this is a great week to be a talk show host, a great week to talk football, talk sports. I mean, because there's so much going on. I mean, we didn't even get to the baseball. Chris Davis suspended 25 games, performance-enhancing drugs. I mean, we haven't got to that. You know, it's just a lot going on. But let, let and LaShawn McCoy, we're going to get to that in this hour. We're going to talk LaShawn McCoy, the 20-cent tip. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the new NFL drug policy. And what, what, it, what does it mean now for Wes Welker, Orlando Scandrick, Josh Gordon? We're going to talk about that as well. So we're going to get Floyd Mayweather, Marcos Maidana. You're going to get my prediction on that fight as well. So we've got a lot to talk about here in the second hour. Go for it. First hour was fun. Willie Rofe joined us. Gave his thoughts on what happened with the whole Ray Rice thing and, and, and what may happen moving forward for Ray Rice and everything. But let's go back to the NFL now. Busy week in the National Football League. Tons of news in the National Football League. Well, HGS testing will be in the National Football League for 2014. It has been uh, pushed through at this point. Also, other, other things involved with this new drug policy in the National Football League. The threshold now for marijuana goes up from 15 nanograms per millimeter 235, so that's a big jump, and if that was the case, and if that jump was in place, Josh Gordon would not have been suspended, would not have tested positive, but anyway, also, also, because of this new policy, Wes Welker, Orlando Scandrick, both, who are suspended, for both allegedly popping a molly, ecstasy, well, both of them will be reinstated, and both of them will play on Sunday. So Wes Welker and Orlando Scandrick are back. And that's a big boost for both ball clubs. Dallas Cowboys, who had some struggles on defense, Orlando Scandrick was one of their better corners, probably the best corner on that ball club last season, and especially near the end of that season. And also Wes Welker, you know, one of the best slot receivers in this game. Well, Peyton Manning gets him back. Cowboys get a boost on the defensive side of football, and they need a boost. They need all the defensive help they can get. Josh Gordon's suspension, which was a year-long suspension, has now been reduced to 10, 10 games. 10 games. Also, a two-game suspension will be issued for players convicted of driving under the influence. So, you know, it should be interesting. But I think that the, the big part of this is now, especially just 
you know, just now and, and what happened this past season, well, last this season, in terms of the suspensions, Welker and Skandrick, they're back, and Josh Gordon gets 10 games. So the NFL slowly, I guess, but surely righting the wrongs of some of their policies. And sometimes it takes incidents like Ray Rice, sometimes it takes to to get us thinking about some of these policies and, and get us talking about some of these policies and getting us to make changes to some of these policies. Sometimes it takes these things, these type of things, these type of incidents, for change to be made. And change is good. Change is good. But it's good. I mean, it definitely is a good situation. And hopefully these guys moving forward will learn from their mistakes. And hopefully moving forward they'll become better because of these mistakes. But obviously a big boost for the Cowboys. And even Cleveland Browns a big boost. I don't know how good the Cleveland Browns are going to be. But who knows if they can stick around. And who knows if that's possible. But if they can stick around, maybe – getting the services of, of Josh Gordon back near the end of the football season could be a help, could be a boost that the team could need. I mean, Josh Gordon, we look at his numbers, Josh Gordon had a big-time year for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, he led the league in yardage. I mean, this guy put up some big-time numbers and, oh, by the way, missed a couple games along the way. So he put up some serious numbers, serious numbers, put up some serious numbers for the Cleveland Browns, and, you know, Josh Gordon, if he can stay clean, if he can stay himself out of trouble, is a guy that is really, really, is really can make an impact for a football team, whether it's the Cleveland Browns or anybody else moving forward. But he's a playmaker. He has playmaking ability. I, I think he's proven that he has playmaking ability. I, I think he's proven, you know, that he can, he can do some things. So the thing about Josh Gordon has not really been – what he has done on the field, the issue with Josh Gordon is what happened with him, what's happening to him off the field. Now, you know, losing 10 games, losing 10 game checks, maybe that will motivate Josh Gordon moving forward. Maybe. But you would think other things would have motivated Josh Gordon. You would think just to, you know, being in the NFL period and having an opportunity to play in the National Football League would motivate Josh Gordon. You would think, but it didn't. Hopefully this does. Moving forward, I mean, it's – but, I mean, you know, it, it's – we, we – and Willie Rowe talked about this, and, and over – you know, throughout the country, we, you know, you got a lot of states now legalizing marijuana, some for medicinal – you know, a lot for medicinal purposes. Marijuana does uh, – as shown, studies have shown that marijuana – can help. Helps cancer patients. Helps people. Glaucoma helps people. So, I mean, if it can benefit people medically, if it can help people, then, you know, it should be legalized. But, you know, just the way we criminalize drugs, I should say, in this country is changing. It's changing. And I think the NFL is also evolving. Sports in general are evolving. They're evolving. And so, you remember many years ago when the NBA didn't test for marijuana, and it was such a, a a big outcry that you know they should be testing for marijuana, and and you look at it now. If we 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 having this argument then, 
I mean, many years ago, we're having this argument now. A lot of people will say, you know what? Leave the policy the same. Don't, you know, suspend players for marijuana usage. Before the NBA didn't test for it. And then a lot of people were up in arms about it. How could they not test for marijuana? How could they not do that? And now they test for it. But if we, if it was 2014 and we were having that discussion and the NBA didn't have marijuana testing, we would probably say, don't even worry about it, don't even bother. It's funny how things change. I mean, that was, you're talking the 2000s. And then that was some time ago, early 2000s. And, you know, we're, we're looking at now 2014, September of 2014. Wow, this year is going fast. I want to also, let, let's go to baseball now. Chris Davis, banned for 25 games. Chris Davis, uh, a guy, uh, you know, putting up some decent home run numbers. Batting average is really not too good. And his numbers are down from a year ago. You look at Chris Davis in 2013, 53 home runs, 138 RBI. Slugging percentage was up. Batting average was up. I mean, he's below the Mendoza line at this point. But Chris Davis and the Baltimore Orioles, who are in complete control, complete control of the AL East with 17 games left to play. They're up 10. But he's going to be gone for 25 games. So 17 games left. So he can't return until, I mean, he's got to pretty much hope that the Orioles can have a long, sustained playoff run in order for him to come back and help his ball club. He, he, he's got to hope that they can do this. But the Orioles at this point, I mean, the Orioles right now are having some injury issues. Their catcher, out for the year. Manny Machado, out for the year at third base. I mean, so, you know, and now you're losing Davis for an extended period of time, 25 games in most of the postseason. So this is a huge loss for the Baltimore Orioles, a huge loss, a huge loss. And he said, quote, and, and this is his comments, his statements, and he made, this, made these comments through the Players Association, quote, I apologize to my teammates, coaches, and the Orioles organization, and especially the fans. I made a mistake by taking Adderall. I had permission to use it in the past, but do not have a therapeutic use exemption this year. I accept my punishment and will begin serving my suspension immediately. Those are the words of Chris Davis. So Chris Davis now, a big part of the Baltimore Ravens, excuse me, Baltimore Orioles lineup, is now gone. He's gone. And probably Orioles are going to have to make do without him for an extended period of time. They're going to have to get to the second round of the playoffs if they want to see Chris Davis again. They're going to have to get to the second round of the playoffs. And that's a big blow for the Orioles. A big blow. And he said it was Adderall. That's what he says. He said it was Adderall, and he was, he was able to do it in the past, not allowed to do it now. He did not get that therapeutic. He, he didn't get the doctor's note pretty much. He didn't get that note necessary. But he, it hurts the Orioles. It really hurts the Orioles. It really hurts them. And you look at, you look at the situation, and, and baseball is doing a good job in getting guys who, who are using performance-enhancing drugs. Obviously, you know, the numbers are down in terms of the home run numbers. You remember the crazy 
home run numbers and, and McGuire and Sosa and, you know, even after that for an extended period of time. But now, you know, it, it's starting to go back to the older days now where, where you remember hitting 30 home runs was, was a big feat. It, we're starting to go back to that a little bit, which is great, which is great. But the Orioles now, the Orioles now, without Chris Davis, without those 26 home runs, that's going to be a, that's a big blow. And you have to now replace that. And not only, I mean, in terms of the regular season, your division is pretty much taken care of. But in terms of the playoffs, well, you, you have issues. You have issues in terms of the playoffs because you may not, you may not have, you may not have the services of Chris Davis. Well, obviously you're not going to have the services of Chris Davis for a good portion of those playoffs. You better have a long run. But you look at Davis's numbers over the years. You look at his numbers over the years. Not many games, 2010, 2011, 20. Uh, but you look at 20, 2009. He had a solid season for Texas, but the following year. Struggled, only played 45 games. But you look at his time with the Orioles. Home run numbers: 33, 53, and 26. And that's over. That's from 2012 to 2014. RBI numbers: 85, 138, and 72. Slugging percentage: 501, 634 in 2012 and 2013. Down a little bit in 2014. Maybe the Adderall is what helped Chris Davis put up these big-time numbers with Baltimore, maybe. But you just look at, and, and you know, obviously chicks dig the long ball. We all know that. And actually, obviously fans dig the long ball. But, you, you know, you're looking at, you remember, I remember back in the day when, when hitting 50 home runs was, was, that was like, that was a great, great feat. And I think now we're starting, we're starting to get back to that point. We're, I, I think we're back at that point. I mean, I, you know, for the most part, for the most part, we're back at that point. You know, 50, it got crazy there with, with the numbers McGuire and Sosa and those guys are putting up. It just got absolutely crazy, those home run numbers those guys are putting up. It got crazy. Ridiculous. And, you know, people are saying the ball's wound too tight. I mean, all these different excuses and, 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 and things. But at the end of the day, baseball now – testing for a lot of these PEDs, and now you can't get away with nothing. And that's a good thing. Actually, it's a great thing. Good for the game. Also in baseball, John, uh, John Carlos Stanton. I mean, that was, did you see that last night? Pitch hit right in the face. Gene Carlos Stanton, I'm sorry, hit in the face. I mean, it's, Wow. I mean, it's tough. 88 miles per hour pitch. I mean, you know, it's rough. Facial fractures. I mean, stitches all up, all in his face. I mean, rough situation. He tweeted out, the amount of support I've received from you guys has been tremendous and heartfelt. I'm much better today and deeply appreciate appreciate your prayers. Those are the words of Gene Carlos Stanton. And, you know, you wonder now, no surgery will be required. But you wonder now, is there going to be some mental hurdles now, getting back into that batter's box again and, and, and being comfortable in that batter's box again? You know, because it takes 
It takes guts. It takes a lot of guts to, to get in there, step in that batter's box. That takes guts when you got guys throwing 90, 80, 100 miles per hour. That takes guts. That takes guts. But you saw the injury. That was That was rough to look at. That was rough to look at. Absolutely rough to look at. But you, he's a young rising star in baseball, one of the better young outfielders in the game. And I know the Marlins are trying to get into the playoffs, five and a half back for the wild card. But, it, you know, losing him, probably their best player, their best player, not probably, he is their best player. Losing him, it's going to be difficult now to replace that. It's going to be difficult now to replace what he brings to your lineup. It's going to be difficult to replace 37 home runs and 105 RBI. That's going to be difficult. That's going to be very difficult. And you can just look at the reaction of Fierce, the pitcher, when that happened. I mean, he just covered his head. That That's rough. And obviously, you know, you have no intention of, of hitting a guy in the face. None. None. And it also caused the bench-clearing brawl. Well, you know, guys just looking at each other, getting tough. After he hit the next batter, another batter, I should say, inside. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, and, and obviously the Marlins' emotions are running high at that point after seeing your guy, your best player, get taken out by a pitch to the face. Obviously emotions are high at that point. They are. They're high. But, you know, obviously if you're – I just hope this guy makes a full recovery. I hope he's fine. I mean, I hope that he can come back and be the baseball player that he's been throughout the course of this year. I mean, he's been solid, solid, big time. 37 home runs, 105 RBI. Physically, he'll probably be fine. Mentally, we shall. See, I want to go to Ray Rice, back to Ray Rice for a moment Ray Rice was given pre-trial intervention, and these guys, you know, this is his first offense, his first offense. According, according to reports, according to outside the lines from on ESPN, this pre-trial intervention is granted less than 1% of the time in all domestic violence assault cases. And this is from the past three years, from 2010 to 2013. Three years. Three years. So this rarely happens. This rarely happens. And so it happened here. Pre-trial intervention was given to Ray Rice. And it only has been given, only has been given 1% of the time. Less than 1% of the time. So here's the numbers. You look at 2013. 2013 in the state of New Jersey. Okay? 15,130 domestic violence cases. Of those cases, 3508 involved some level of assault. And you look at Ray Rice's case, there was a level of assault in that particular case. Of those cases, 30, 30 of the 3508 
that involves some level of assault, 3,508, only 30 of those cases wound up in pretrial intervention. 30. And so I look at the situation, and obviously I'm no lawyer, no judge, but I will say this. Ray Rice was a first-time offender. And I also will say this. Being a first-time offender, having a decent stand in the community, and also having a wife now who really didn't want to move forward with anything, a wife that was supportive of you, having a wife that is on your side and, and doesn't want to see this go any further, I mean, it got to help his case. That has to help his case. And the reason that, again, that we're all up in arms is because of the video. The video now has us all up in arms. The video is what, what has us bent out of shape. The video. That's what's got us all messed up. That's what's got us all messed up. And I think also we got to look at this. Sinead Rice, at this point, you know, and, and them, them as a unit, them as a couple. Some people may not, may not care about it, but I do. Them as a couple, them as a unit. They're trying to move past this. They're, they're trying to move on with their lives. You know, they're, they're, they're done with this, if you will. They're, they're trying to go to the next level, getting the counseling, and, 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 you know, trying to work on their relationship. And I said this before. Sometimes, you know, turmoil and relationships draw people apart. Sometimes turmoil and relationships draw, draw people closer. And on the surface, and, and, and we're talking strictly on the surface, Janae Rice and Ray Rice's relationship, on the surface, and we're talking on the surface, it seems like it's gotten better. It seems like it's gotten stronger. But also we'll say this. When I see the video, when I when I, when I, when just seeing the, the punching and then seeing the, the dragging out and everything, I got the sense, and I, and I hope I'm wrong, I, I got the sense that Ray Rice and Janae Rice have been down this path before. I, I got that sense. I could be wrong, but I got that sense. And, and if you're now the father of Janae Rice, and you see, and you probably know and may have seen the video before it came out, but you see this video. You see Ray Rice pummeling your daughter. You see Ray Rice spitting on your daughter. You see all those, all those things. What has, what's, what's going through your head? What, what, what's going through your head if you see all those things? If you see your daughter, your baby, your baby girl getting pummeled, your baby girl on the floor, your baby girl getting dragged out of the elevator by her husband, guy who's now her husband. 
What is going through your head? You walked her down the aisle to this man. Essentially, you were giving your daughter over to this man. Yes, he has money. Yes, he has a level of success. But this man beat your daughter. This man spit on your daughter. This man kicked your daughter and it just it just was kicking her and, and, and just moving her lifeless body like he didn't care about her. And you're seeing this. You're looking at this. How? And what is your reaction at this point? It can't be good. It can't be good. So now the point I'm trying to make is, you know, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. You, you, I got the sense that this has happened before. And I'm just basing that off watching the video and, and how he moved her body and how he spit on her, how he punched her. I'm going off of that. I'm going off of that. And it's just, it, it's, it's tough to watch. It, it truly is tough to watch. But now that the, the Roger Goodell, and, and what's going to happen to Roger Goodell? I personally think Roger Goodell should take a leave of absence at this point. I think Roger Goodell should take a step away. And I think Roger Goodell should be suspended indefinitely. I think Roger Goodell should go off somewhere, collect his thoughts, and, and, and just think about everything. Because he's the, the investi- he will be investigated. And they're going to the NFL, and we'll see how transparent this investigation is, but the NFL is now going to investigate this. And they're going to see whether or not, they're going to see whether or not Roger Goodell and the NFL, whether or not they had this video. This is a billion-dollar industry, a billion-dollar industry. This, the NFL, is printing money. Their franchises are worth a lot of money. Their television deals, a lot of money. Their popularity, who does not love the NFL? I mean, let's be real. Everybody loves the NFL. So the NFL is really just printing money. They're printing money. And so, you know, they're making all this type of money. You mean to tell me they can't get that video? You mean to tell me they can't get a copy of that? I mean, they have people who worked in law enforcement in NFL security, people who worked in law enforcement, they can't get that video? They couldn't get that in a video. I mean, now they're going to get investigated, and we'll see. Robert Mueller, former FBI director, he's going to be investigating this situation. He's going to be investigating the evidence. He's going to be investigating whether or not the NFL actually received this video. He's going to investigate it. NFL says no knowledge. None. 
According to Greg Gaella, the spokesman for the NFL, we are not aware of anyone in our office who possessed or saw the video before it was made public on Monday. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. According to that AP story, law enforcement told the Associated Press, a law enforcement official told the Associated Press, the AP, the reputable AP, this ain't TMZ, and give TMZ a lot of credit for getting that video out there. And also TMZ is becoming a major player in the media, a major player in, in, in sports. But anyway, Law enforcement official told the AP he sent a video of Rice punching Sinead Palmer. He sent it to him five months ago. Also, that same law enforcement official, that same official, played a 12-second voicemail from an NFL office, NFL office number. On April 9th, confirming the video arrived. It was a female voice. And she said, quote, you're right. It's terrible. So, the NFL had this video. How could you, I mean, you read the police report, and it says that he assaulted her. You see her lifeless body being dragged out of the elevator. And at that point, and here's the thing. Before, and everybody kept talking. Everybody kept talking. Let's see what happens with the other video. Let's see what happens with the other video. Let's see what happens with the video in the elevator. Let's see what that looks like. So before that, there was a level of doubt. Maybe, who knows, maybe he, he swung, he knocked her over. Maybe she swung, she fell, and hit her head. I mean, we, 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 you could you could draw up various legitimate scenarios. You could. You also could draw up the scenario that he punched her, he knocked her out cold, and that's eventually what happened. That's essentially what happened. So he knocked her out cold. Cold cocked her. Twice. Hit her twice. Spit on her. But before you saw that video, yes, you could could have um, made an argument that maybe, just maybe, other things transpired in that elevator. You could have made that argument. You really could have. You could. But this, I think Roger Goodell at this point, he needs to take a step away. He needs to move away now from the situation. He needs to take a step back. He needs to take a leave of absence and just move forward. Let this let this investigation go through. Let this whole investigation go through. And you remember Roger Goodell said this to the Saints many years ago. Many years ago, he said this to the Saints, and and you know now it, it, it's coming back to bite him in the butt, if you will. Be careful. That goes back to what I'm saying. The same way you judge people, it's the same way 
people will judge you. Ignorance, it's no excuse. Ignorance, the saints, ignorance of not knowing what's going on, it's no excuse. It's the same thing now that's being used. Those exact words is being used against Roger Goodell. These words are now being used against Roger Goodell. And so this whole situation is going to play out. And I think we're all looking forward to see what happens when this whole thing plays out. Let's go to Atlanta Hawks now. Danny Ferry is going to take a leave of absence. We all know Danny Ferry has some interesting comments after reading. Well, he read a scouting report, and the scouting report had some interesting stuff in it, some interesting stuff. And he was talking about Luau Dang. Said he had a little African in him. Said he's he's the type, and this is him reading the scouting report, allegedly. Said he's the type who would own a storefront and have the stuff, real stuff in the front, I'm paraphrasing, and have fake stuff in the back. So you would think you're getting real stuff, but he's giving you fake stuff. That's the scouting report he allegedly read, and he read it at a meeting, in a business business setting. And, you know, I, I, I was a little confused initially about, you know, he's got a little African in him. I, I didn't know what that meant. And, and I never heard that particular thing being said about Africans in terms of, you know, owning stores and, you know, having real stuff in the front and actually giving you fake stuff at the end of the day. I, I never heard that theory. I, I never heard that stereotype. I never heard that before. So that, that's all news to me, and I was confused by the comments. You know, and at the end of the day, I think Danny Ferry should keep his job. I don't think he should be fired, um, especially if he's just reading a scouting report. I mean, it's just a, he, he's not. It's not like he wrote it. Now I don't know if he added things. I don't know if he added things. I don't know, but I do know this. You know, he's going to take a leave of absence, and, and at this point it's interesting to see if he'll actually come back. And it's interesting to see if there's going to be any backlash from, you know, players in terms of, okay, how can I sit down with this guy? How can I meet with this guy? How can I want to be a part of what this guy is trying to build? How can I want to be a part of that? Why would I want to be a part of something like that if this is the way he feels? The NFL is a predominantly African-American um, league. So, you know, and, and Danny Ferry is, is trying to build a team in Atlanta. So in order to build the team in Atlanta, he's going to have to sell people on playing in Atlanta. I don't think he should be suspended. Uh, I don't think he should be fired. Um, Adam Silver doesn't believe that Danny Ferry should be fired. So we'll see how this thing plays out, but I don't believe it. But it may come down to that if the backlash is really, really big, and if there's a big backlash. But also at this point, the block is hot. So once the block, you know, gets a little cooler, once the story dies down a little bit, maybe Danny Ferry can come back. People will forget, and he moves on with his life. Also, Atlanta Hawks, you have their owner, Bruce Levingson, who now is selling the team after his email got out. And I looked at his email. And a lot of people think his thought his email was racist. Um, 
I didn't sense that. I saw and I read a guy who was searching for for theories on how he can get African, how he can get uh, Caucasians to attend his games, how he can get more Caucasians into the Atlanta games, how he can draw more Caucasians to the game. And I didn't really have a problem with it because here's the thing. If he would flip this around and say, how can we get more African-Americans to the game? Do we need to add some African-American cheerleaders? He said maybe they needed to add some white cheerleaders to get some more white people to the game. Maybe they need to change the music around to get more white people in the game. And I just think if you switch it, if you switch it, if you can switch it and and say, well, what will we do need to do to get white people in our building? What will we need to do? Well, you would, I mean, I mean, black people, excuse me, what would you need to do to get black people in the building? Well, maybe you need to try different music. Well, maybe you need to try and, and diversify the cheerleading squad. Maybe you need to try to diversify some of the acts that we have. I mean, and, and if, you, if you hear, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said he's being a businessman. And I agree with Kareem because, as Kareem said, quote, business people should have the right to wonder how to appeal to diverse groups in order to increase business. And I think that's what Bruce Levinson was doing. I think that's what he was doing. He was brainstorming, if you will, about possible ways that he can get African American I mean, excuse me, more whites to his game. More white people to his game. He was brainstorming. He was brainstorming ways to get a certain group of people to his game. Tried in, I mean, Atlanta's struggling with attendance. Their, their attendance numbers are, are not great. So when your attendance numbers are low, I believe we're 28th in attendance. When your attendance numbers are low, and when you, when you watch the Atlanta Hawks on, building, in the, you know, on the TV and whatnot, you don't see a lot of people in that building. But when your attendance numbers are low, to me, you have to do things to try to bring people to your games. And, and, and amidst the brainstorming, you know, he, he, I, called a, I think that was a brainstorming session. I, I thought it was him trying to find ways to get people to the games, to get more people to the games. And whatever he has to do to do that, he's just brainstorming. And I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I don't. And, but ultimately he is going to sell the team, and, 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 you know, we'll see what happens with that moving forward. But he's going to sell the basketball team. But at, at the end of the day, I had no problem with his email. And, I mean, we can read parts of the email. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it, but let's look at it. Let's look at it. He said at the end, I am rambling and could probably go on forever. If you have any specific areas you would like my thoughts on, let me know. So, you know, that, that's what he said at the end. And, and that's what you get from this. He's rambling. He's brainstorming, if you will. He's thinking about ways to bring more whites to his in his building, but ultimately, you know, who would not want to have more people, more fans in their building? Who would not want that? But he went on to say, and just looking at it, from day one, I've been impressed with the friendliness and professionalism of the arena staff, food vendors, ushers, ticket takers, etc. In our early years, when I would bring folks from D.C., they were blown away by the contrast between A. Poland's arena and Phillips. Some of this is attributable to Southern hospitality and manners 
But Bob and his staff do a good job of training. To this day, I cannot get the ushers to call me Bruce yet. They insist on calling me them, calling them by their first names. You look at it, and he's just going on in here. Let's just get to some of the parts where he wants. Let's get to let's get to some of the demographics parts that he talks about in this particular email regarding game operations. I need to start with some background. For the first couple of years, we owned the team. I didn't much focus on game ops. The one day a light bulb went out when digging into why our season tickets light bulb went off. I should say when digging into why our season ticket base is so small. I was told because. We can't get 35 to 55 white males in corporations to buy season tickets, and they are the primary demo for season tickets around the league. When I pulled, when I pushed further, folks generally shrugged their shoulders. Then I start looking around our arena during games, and those are the following. It's 70% black. The cheerleaders are black. The music is hip-hop. At the bars, it's 90% black. There are a few fathers and sons at the game. We are doing after-game concerts to attract more fans. The concerts are either hip-hop or gospel. And, and so, on the surface, that part right there is really not bad at all in terms of brainstorming on how you can get people to your games. If you're a businessman and you know and you believe that whites tend to spend more money on certain things, and whites are turned off and are, are, don't want to attend your games because of various things, well, you have to look at what are you doing. And that's what he's doing. He's looking at his cheerleaders. Okay, maybe I need to diversify that. The music, I need to diversify that. The, 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 the concerts and the, the acts, the game concerts, we have to do something about that. Maybe I need to diversify that. Maybe. He went on to say, my theory is the black crowd scared away the whites and are simply not enough affluent black fans to build a significant season ticket base. Please don't get me wrong. There's nothing, there's nothing threatening going on in the arena back then. I never felt uncomfortable, but I think southern whites simply were not comfortable being in an arena or at a bar where they, they were in the minority. So he, he's just going on and thinking and brainstorming and talking about, you know, why? Why? Trying to figure out why we can't get him, we can't get that white 35 to 55 who make up the significant amount of other uh, fan bases, other season ticket holders around the league. So, you know, he went on to say, I've been open with our executive teams about these concerns. I've told them I want some white cheerleaders. And while I don't care what color of the artist is, I want the music to be music familiar to a 40-year-old white guy, if that's our season ticks demos. So he's trying to get more season tickets holders. And, and he feels like in order to get more season ticket holders, he needs to try to appeal to those, more, to those, uh, uh, those people who are more inclined or may have the money to buy those season tickets. And that is, according, to league, according in his email to League Data, is what the 35 to 55, those are the ones who are the primary demo for season tickets around the league. So he's got to find a way to appeal to that. He's got to find a way to appeal to that. I'm, I'm just going through his article and, and his email, I should say, and I'm not offended. I'm not. I think he's just doing what he has to do to try to find a way 
to build a season ticket base and, and to, you know, get more whites at his game because you get more whites, that's more people in the crowd. So I think that's what he's trying to do. And I don't have a problem with it. I hope Danny Ferry, I know he's selling, and maybe he feels like this is a good time to get out, but I hope Danny Ferry doesn't lose his job. I hope he can keep his job because I don't think he should lose his job for reading, if, if, for reading a scouting report. I don't think he should. Let's go around the National Football League. Now, Greg Hardy, at this point, you know, convicted in the summer by a judge, convicted, and, you know, this was a he was convicted of a misdemeanor, a misdemeanor. And at this point, he's appealing. And I know a lot of people are calling for him to be set down by the Carolina Panthers. I don't think he should. I don't think he should. I, I, I think this guy should be given his due process. And, and, you know, whatever happens, whatever the courts decide is what the courts decide. If the courts decide to uphold that particular conviction, six games. Six games. First offense, six games. Give him six games. But I think at this point we should wait. Wait until that finally goes down. Let's not start suspending guys now. Let's wait. Let's wait. Let's see. Well, let's wait. Because at this point, we have to see what happens. I don't think Greg Hardy should be sat down. I don't think he should. I don't think he should. I, I think at this point, the courts do what they do. Let the courts do what they do. And then once the courts do what they do, if you find at that point in time, and, and if the conviction, if he's convicted by a jury, then he's got to get a six games. He's got to get a six games. But I think at this point, we're, we're, we're so quick to not allow the guys to have the due process necessary. And I know he's convicted by a judge. I get that. But he has the right to appeal this. And, you know, things change in an appeal. Things change. And so let's see this thing play out. Let's see this thing play out. And, I, and let's let the legal system do what they got to do before. I mean, he was found guilty of assaulting and threatening his ex-girlfriend. Let's let the courts do what they do. Let's let the courts do what they do. And don't be, you know, let's just not say, okay, we got we to gotta now at this point suspend Greg Hardy right away because what we didn't do it right with Ray Rice. We got to now suspend Ray McDonald right away because we didn't do it right with Ray Rice. No. Let this thing play out. Let it play out. And then let us see what transpires. If he's guilty, again, give him his six, send him on his way. Give him his six and send him on his way. And, you know, what he did, you know, the choking, throwing around rifles and all this other stuff. Let it play out. Let it play out. I just think he should continue to play on 
until we can get until the legal system does what it has to do. And once they do that, then whatever is whatever. And he have his owner crying, saying, quote, standing before you tonight, I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge an issue weighing heavily on our sport and our society. When it comes to domestic violence, my stance is not one of difference. I stand firmly against domestic violence in plain I stand firmly against domestic violence, plain and simple. So, and, and the pressure is mounting. But you've got to let these things play out. And we'll see how this thing plays out moving forward. But, you know, obviously, to already have that conviction, to already be convicted by a judge, I mean, you know, here's the judge. The court is entirely convinced Hardy is guilty. Entirely convinced that he's guilty. Those are the words of the judge. But we have to see what happens. The court, quote, it's, the court is entirely convinced Hardy is guilty of assault on a female and communicating threats. That's what they believe. That's the court. I mean, that's the judge. Could change with the jury. Juries are, you can sometimes sway the jury. Not going to be easy, especially when you have a judge who already convicted you. I hope for Greg Hardy's sake that, you know, he didn't do what was said he did. I do. There was some talk that possibly drugs might have been involved on her end. But, again, we have to just let this thing play out and see what happens. I know he's already been convicted. I get that. But he does have an appeal. And at this point, until the appeal goes through, let's hold judgment. Let's hold judgment. It doesn't look good. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't look good. But let's hold judgment. I think he should play until we figure this thing out otherwise and until we decide whether or not, well, until he gets that jury trial and they decide what they want to do. Let's go to boxing now. Floyd Mayweather, Marcos Maidana, tomorrow night, MGM Grand, Las Vegas. Floyd Mayweather weighed in, 146.5 pounds today. Marcos Maidana, 146 as well. And this is a rematch of what happened in May. It was a great fight in May. It was a competitive fight in May. It was a fight that, you know, some people thought Floyd Mayweather may have lost. I don't. I don't. It was, it was a close fight. But I thought Floyd clearly won the fight. And I thought that, you know, within that fight, Marcos Maidana, a great showing for Marcos Maidana. I mean, Marcos Maidana really, really gave it. The, he took the fight to Floyd Mayweather, and, and, and he made Floyd uncomfortable. And, you know, a lot of people have not made Floyd uncomfortable throughout over the years. And it's hard to make a guy as great as Floyd Mayweather uncomfortable. It's hard. I mean, Canelo Alvarez, you know, his game plan probably should have been similar to the game plan that Marcos Maidana had. I mean, Marcos Maidana was relentless. Marcos Maidana kept coming, and the reality is it seemed like he slowed down. He didn't have the stamina to continue to fight the way he was fighting. If he could have kept that pace up, who knows what could have happened. But this is Floyd Mayweather. This is, you know, the, the, the best of the best. As he says, the creme de la creme. This is Floyd Mayweather. 
This is a guy, TBE to some. But this is a guy who's the best pound-for-pound fighter. Marcos Maidana is going to have to come with a similar game plan. And you wonder, Floyd Mayweather said last time that he wanted to make this fight exciting. So he stood in the pocket. He didn't move much. Freddie Roach said the reason Floyd Mayweather didn't move much is because of his legs. His legs are gone. Those are the words of Freddie Roach. But, I mean, I don't know if I buy Floyd Mayweather and him saying that he stood in that pocket and made the fight exciting. I don't know if I buy that. But if it's, if it's true, if it's true, who is a better boxer than Floyd Mayweather? He's the ultimate boxer, the ultimate technician. So if he uses his legs, if he boxes uh, Marcos Maidana, of course he has a great opportunity to win the fight and a great opportunity to win the fight easily. And so, because I remember a few years back, and I know this was Marcos Maidana's first fight as a welterweight, but against Devin Alexander. Devin Alexander boxed circles around Marcos Maidana, boxed circles around Maidana. Fight wasn't even close. Maidana was talking about retiring. Talking about retiring. But anyway, anyway, he came back. Linked up with Robert Garcia, his trainer. And, you know, has won some fights. Won some good fights. Beat Adrian Broner. Beat Joselito Lopez. Beat some guys. Beat Jesus Soto Carras. And this guy pretty much hasn't lost a fight since. Devin Alexander. So his first fight at welterweight. I mean, the fight wasn't even close. 100 to 90 on some scorecards. 99-91. 100 to 90. I mean, so he essentially got shut out. Shut out. But he came back, beat Jesus Soto Carras, and they take TKO. KO to Angel Martinez. TKO. Joselito Lopez. And then... A UD against Adrian Broner. Unanimous decision. He dropped Adrian Broner twice, twice, I should say, in that fight. So his last and only loss was against Devin Alexander, other than the last fight against Floyd Mayweather. So the guy has been a guy that has shown improvement. The question is, can he beat the great Floyd Mayweather Jr.? And I look at Floyd Mayweather Jr., and he's one of these guys. It's like Tom Brady. Tom Brady's 37 years old. You're not going to believe Tom Brady is done until you actually see Tom Brady being done. It's like Peyton Manning. You're not going to believe Peyton Manning is done until you actually see Peyton Manning is done. And that's what you get with Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather, it's kind of hard to go against Floyd Mayweather. It's kind of hard to say that Floyd Mayweather is going to lose until he actually loses. It's hard to say it because of the greatness of this guy, because of his hard work and dedication. It's hard to see. It's hard to go against it. It's hard. It's hard to go against it. So, with that being said, last time Floyd Mayweather had a rematch, 
a second fight where the guy was Jose Luis Castillo. The first fight, close. Some people believe Jose Luis Castillo won. Second fight, not even close. Dominance, performance by Floyd Mayweather. Against, dominant performance. Dominant performance. And so, I look at the situation, and, you know, I just, I'm going to go with Marcos Maidana. I think Marcos Maidana wins unanimous decision. I think Marcos Maidana wins the fight. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here. Floyd Mayweather is 37 years old, and at some point the fighter's got to become old. He's got to become old. I think Floyd Mayweather might get old tomorrow night at the MGM Grand. Grand, I should say, in Las Vegas. I think he gets old. And we shall see what happens with that fight. We shall see. And, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to buy it. That's the only pay-per-view I do. Floyd Mayweather is the only pay-per-view I do. And so I, that's the fight I'm going to buy. And Floyd Mayweather guaranteed $32 million. Guaranteed $30 million. That doesn't include pay-per-view and all the other stuff that might come with it. But guaranteed $32 million. Maidana guaranteed $3 million. Should be interesting. Mayweather, 146, 146.5. Maidana, 146. We shall see what happens. Should be an interesting fight. I'm looking forward to it. Tomorrow night, MGM Grand, Contino, Las Vegas. I want to thank Willie Rowe for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at goforitgant, G-O-F-O. R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Hit us up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash user slash go for it can. For everybody here, go for it. And, and, you know, everybody here, you got a nice weekend coming up, a crazy week in the NFL. You know, pay attention. You know, we're going to see what happens with Adrian Peterson, Ray Rice, Roger Goodell, and, of course, the big fight, Mayweather, Maidana. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye.